Hi guys, and welcome back to What Happened in Between, stories you didn't hear in history class. Today I want to talk about the story of Typhoid Mary, because I think that this woman has been villainized a lot since basically the event happened. So let's get right into it. So who was Typhoid Mary? She was the healthy carrier of the disease, typhoid fever, and through her cooking, she spread this disease to citizens of New York City and Long Island in the early 1900s. This eventually led to the New York City Health Department forcibly quarantining her on North Brother Island. And while they did release her three years later, they asked her not to cook. And when she started cooking again, they quarantined her for the rest of her life until she died of pneumonia. This event contributed to our current understanding of medicine and public health, and it sparked a debate about our rights over the greater good of society. So let's get into a quick overview of typhoid fever. What is it? It's a deadly disease caused by the bacteria Salmonella typhi, and it can be spread to others when an infected person's feces contaminate drinking water. While the United States advanced sewer systems have all but eliminated typhoid fever, in third and fourth world countries, the bacteria spreads at a much higher rate, along with other waterborne illnesses. Once someone has ingested some contaminated food or water, it takes about one to three weeks for them to begin to show any symptoms, and then it just it just gets so much worse from there. It starts off seeming like the flu, and then it becomes, you know, there's migraines and body aches and like really high fevers. And I won't go into the other details, but it just is a really nasty disease and does some nasty things to people. However, a small percentage of people infected with typhoid actually become healthy carriers. And sometimes their symptoms can be so mild that they won't even realize they were ever sick at all. However, these people will continue to shed the bacteria, bacteria in their feces and they can become a threat to others. Typhoid Mary is an example of a healthy carrier, probably the most famous one. So typhoid fever, it didn't just start in the early 1900s. It's been a problem in the world long before Typhoid Mary. She's just kind of the one that kind of sticks in our brains because of that whole conflict. So one of the earliest examples of typhoid fever is in the 1600s in Jamestown, Virginia. When the settlers settled there, they began to farm and draw water from the river for irrigation and drinking water. But this was also the place where they deposited their wastewater, thinking that the current would wash it away, and it didn't. They were wrong. And that started, the settlers began to be infected with salmonella typhi, and more and more people got infected. So that's fun. Uh, and then it, this problem also continued during the Civil War. It was a huge problem. In fact, men going off to war in the Civil War had more chance of dying of disease than actually in battle. One of the main reasons that it was such a big problem during the war was because the camps were so dirty and there were piles of waste everywhere. As mentioned, even though we have become advanced with our treatment, it's still a danger to some of the world's population. So this deadly disease is still around today. It's just awful, but in America, it's just history. So while Typhoid Mary's story is pretty tragic, if once we're getting into it, you'll see, it did help scientists to learn more about typhoid, typhoid and how to treat and prevent it, and more about diseases in general. So now let's get into Typhoid Mary, and I'm just going to give a quick little overview of her life story so that we can delve into some of the deeper themes of this conflict. So her real name was Mary Mallon, and she was born September 23rd, 1869, 
in Cookstown, Ireland. She immigrated to the United States in 1883 at 14 years old, and she made her living as a cook. It is unknown exactly when Mary became a carrier of typhoid fever, but from approximately 1900 to 1907, she infected around 24 people. Um, They got typhoid fever in the homes where she had cooked. And every time the household fell ill, she would disappear. It's probably because she doesn't want to get sick herself. Shortly after a breakout in a home where she had recently worked, Malin met George Soper. He was a sanitary engineer. And he said that he linked 22 cases of typhoid fever to her. He demanded her feces and urine. And, of course, Malin was outraged at the request and fled. But eventually, Soper, along with the authorities, caught her and quarantined her on North Brother Island. She stayed there for three years until 1910 when she was released, and they said she couldn't cook. And at first she followed this stipulation and this rule, and she worked as a laundress. But eventually the low pay prompted her to start cooking again under a false name. So the fir- one of the first places she worked after quitting her job as a laundress was the Sloan Maternity Hospital in Manhattan, New York. And an epidemic actually broke out here, and 25 people were infected, and two of them actually died. And that's what prompted George Soper, the sanitary engineer, to start looking for her again. And she was eventually caught in 1915, just five years after she had been released from her quarantine, and she was returned to North Brother Island until her death in 1938. So in total, she spent 26 years quarantined on this island. What I also find super interesting about this story is how they actually found out that she was the one spreading this disease. So in the summer of 1906, there was this wealthy banker, Charles Henry Warren, and he brought his whole family to Oyster Bay in Long Island. He rented a summer house from this guy, George Thompson, and soon after he started staying there, his whole household fell ill. First it was his daughter was diagnosed with typhoid fever, and then his wife, his second daughter, two of the maids, and a gardener to top it all off. It was unheard of at the time because typhoid fever is associated with filth and poverty, and Oyster Bay is the opposite of that. It's where the wealthy vacation. So this sudden outbreak totally perplexed officials. Because George Thompson owned the house the Warrens had rented, where this fever had broken out, he was frantic to discover the source of the infection. A typhoid breakout was really bad for business, especially in a place like Oyster Bay. So Mr. Thompson hired all sorts of experts who ran all these tests on the water, the outhouse, the toilet. And um, one of these guys who analyzed this, they say like the drinking water was analyzed, the toilet, the cesspool, the manure pit, and the outhouse were all examined and ultimately rejected as the possible source of infection. And the dairy products were also inspected. Yet none of these had caused the family to fall ill. All the tests came back negative, so Mr. Thompson decided to reach out to some friends in New York to help him with this problem. And this is where George Soper comes in. He uh, came to his aid and he reviewed what had already been found and then set to work figuring out who had been in the house at any time. So his list went back all the way 10 years trying to find out who had caused the typhoid outbreak in that house. And as he was looking, he found something suspicious. The Warrens had changed cooks before typhoid infected the household. The cook, Mary Mallon, had disappeared three weeks after the family became ill. George started looking into Mary's past jobs and discovered that wherever she cooked, people got typhoid. 
When Soper eventually found her and told her what he had discovered, she was outraged, like we already talked about, at the claims that she was infecting her own clients. And then that discovery eventually led to her being quarantined on North Brother Island. I find this so interesting because since this disease affected mainly the poor, no one really noticed that Typhoid Mary was a healthy carrier of the disease and spreading it to people until she accidentally affected a rich family. It's really interesting that, like, that's how they actually found out. That's the only way it really got noticed. So now that you've heard the story and you know what happened, I think it's important to talk about why it is relevant to us today because, you know, a lot of people haven't heard this story and although it's interesting, they might not see what the actual meaning behind it is. And I think that the main conflict surrounding the story of Typhoid Mary is the argument between our basic human rights to freedom and then prior prioritizing public health or more fundamentally the greater good of society. Although there was proof that Mary was a healthy carrier of typhoid fever, she refused to believe the claims and continued to find employment as a cook, which resulted in the deaths of many people. But on the other hand, the health department quarantined her without her consent, which is kind of like being imprisoned without a trial. So it's, it's hard to figure out on both these situations is who is in the right? Is it what's more important, the rights? our rights, or the greater good. In this situation, it would seem, given the limitations of the time, both medically and in sanitation, it was more important that the general public was safe than Mary Mellon have her freedom. But what makes this situation truly unique is the length of her quarantine. While most quarantines have a limited time that they're spent in quarantine to recover from the disease, since she was a healthy carrier, she was condemned to a healthy, but a virtually solitary life on an island, basically all alone. And the sad part of the story is that even today, Mary is looked at, on as the villain of the story. But you have to keep in mind a few things about Mary. First of all, she was uneducated. She was an Irish immigrant working these really low-paying jobs in America at a time where people really disliked and discriminated against Irish people. And while she should obviously have listened to what the officials said, she didn't understand how she could be making other people sick when she herself had never gotten sick. On the other hand, health officials couldn't let her continue to infect and inadvertently kill the people she worked with just because she didn't understand how she was making them sick. The story of Typhoid Mary really teaches us that there are two sides to every story and the harm of not making an effort to understand and communicate with each other is, is really fatal. If Just think of the difference if the health department had spent the time trying to educate Mary about why she was making people sick and teaching her good sanitation practices, maybe she would have been able to cook again and not spend her whole life on an island. So what I really want you guys to take away, if you do, from this story, anything at all, is that communication is really important in all situations, especially when you're dealing with somebody that is your quote-unquote enemy. And also to look at history through your own lens and don't just like believe everything you hear, but look at both sides of the story because if you probably aren't hearing the whole story in your history textbook. So look at it and do your own research and look at it from your own lens. Anyways, I hope you guys learned something today on what happened in between. We have been talking about the story of Typhoid Mary. Um, have a nice week, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!